What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Follow Life Podcast Midwest Series. I'm Joel Clayfish, and today we're going to talk about when the Follow Life was here in town, Chad Belding and his crew in Wisconsin, and we were mainly set up to scout and goose hunt, and it turned out that one of the days we were scouting for geese because let's be honest, a lot of people wish or a lot of people hunt by scouting early and then they're gonna count on those birds being there when they hunted a week later. Scouting is a long-term and a short-term adventure. Long-term scouting is figuring out what fields have certain crops. Is it wheat? Is it corn? Is it rye? Are you gonna to try to hunt an alfalfa field? You know, because geese are grass eaters also. That's, that, that's all fine and dandy. But if you wanna do the best in waterfowl hunting, you're using those long-term scouts and combining them with immediate activity. And so if, if you've got a field that you're used to being a decent field, that's fantastic, but what is real important is that you're making sure on the day or days or even morning of the hunt you plan there that they're still using it. And, and key to that is in what way they are using it. And I think a huge mistake that people often make is that they don't bring along their uh, optics when they're scouting. You know, Belding and I talked about it, and, and Luke and, and a lot of the guys who had been doing some scouting here talked about the fact that when birds land, very often, they don't eat where they land. So you can be scouting a field, you know, you're driving country roads, and you can find geese and watch them and watch them land. But if you don't have optics on you, if you're not watching them clearly through your, your vortex binoculars, you're not going to see where they move in that field to eat. Very often they will land in a spot that's more comfortable and then they're gonna to move to the spot where they can eat, where they can see, where they're, they're not as worried about predators or frankly, where there's more food in that field. And you don't really know that until you watch them from a distance and kind of watch them close up. So I think a lot of people forget to use their optics when they're scouting and optics are, are certainly a, a key. Um, as the birds move through a field. Optics also are gonna tell you where a great hide is when you're scouting a field. So a lot of times when you're looking you know, um, with the naked eye in a field and you're seeing ducks and geese land, too often you can't see the intricacies of that field to know where best to set up a panel blind or west, where best to set up your layout blinds because you're not seeing the depth that you're gonna see with optics. So don't be afraid uh, you know, to take the vortex binoculars with you every time that you're out scouting. And when, when the Fowl Life guys rolled into town, it was like Chad and I and, and my wife became instant, instant friends. And I think that's, it's part of when you watch the Fowl Life, why you get this feeling of camaraderie and community, care for the community. I mean, those, Fowl Life is not moving around the country just to hunt and take off and, and say, thanks a lot, buddy. And for the relationship we were able to build and having those guys in town for 10 days, 
and cooking and eating together and the camaraderie and singing together at the end of the night and, and breaking out the Jack Daniels. It really was you know, a, a life-changing experience. And we had hunted geese here for a few days that they had been here. And in fact, we were scouting geese again when Gavin Gwaltney just happened to stumble on, literally, it was, it, it's coincidental, but a vortex of ducks. And ducks are a little more fickle. I mean, you can ride geese for a few days in a field and be a little more confident that they're gonna be there a few days in a row. Ducks very often are bouncing and bouncing and bouncing, and the littlest thing can make them move completely different area. Well, Gavin found a field that was just swarming with ducks in the morning. So we were out there, you know, scouting it with the Vortex binos, checking it out, checking out potential hides. And on the, on the show, on, on the Duck Vortex show on the Fowl Life, you're gonna see a duck hunt that was literally the most textbook dream hunt you could ever have. Uh, Mark Boardman from Vortex called it a 10 out of 10. and. One of the coolest things when the Fowl Life's in town is not only are celebrities showing up, you know, out of the woodwork, Chase Rice and Walker Bueller, the ace pitcher for the Dodgers, showing up to hunt with us, Mark Boardman from Vortex showing up to hunt with us, winners from the Safari Club International uh, contests are showing up to hunt with us. We literally got to go to Vortex and take a tour and learn what Vortex was about. And here's this company that started out, you know, mainly directed at or toward or for bird watchers and evolved through the years in Barneveld, Wisconsin into this uh, company that makes hunting optics and binoculars that are used for scouting, uh, spotting scopes for big game hunting and bird hunting. And I have to tell you, I have a new understanding after taking the tour through Vortex of how important it is to that company to make sure that their customers are not only satisfied, but that their customers are getting a product that is not gonna let them down. They have, they're, they're putting out 12,000 products every day. They're, they're putting in the mail 12,000 products every day. But what is of utmost importance in that company is making sure the customer knows how to use their product. And if something does go wrong, they've got an entire team that's gonna get on it and, and fix that scenario one way or another so that you are not without you know, what you need in the field. And it was just, it was really cool to tour the facility and to meet the guys at Vortex um, who, who are making sure that those products are not gonna fail in the field. And then to be able to hunt with Mark Boardman, uh, who's fantastic guys, the brand experience manager for Vortex, the brand experience manager. And, and we were just hoping to give him a brand experience. So, you know, we had found this field that was just killer. I mean, it just had mallards, greenheads just dumping in. And we were gonna set up the blinds. It had a ton of geese too, but in those scenarios, if, if you want, try the best to hunt both, you're gonna usually end up having one of those suffer. So we decided we were gonna try to 
concentrate and capitalize on the ducks that were using this field. So we set up our blinds and set up our mojos and it was quiet right off the bat. And then all of a sudden we had the first group come in, the second, third group, and they were working to our right. And right off the bat, we thought, well, maybe that first group worked. But then when two other groups worked to the right and tried to land ahead of the mojos, as Chad says in the episode, like greedy ducks do, uh, we changed the mojos and switched up the spread a little bit. And then it was lights out. It, we, those ducks were centering up on every pass and the shooting was fantastic. And to be able to have the guy from Vortex there, I mean, it's a must-see episode because you're going to see these ducks work in a certain way and have the brand experience manager literally experience the brand out in the field. And that was not only exciting, but it, it really made you realize how important it is you know, to have the right gear when you're scouting and have the right gear when you're out in the field, you know, doing the harvesting part of it. And of course, it doesn't end, you know, on the fall life and, and you'll see it in the episode. It doesn't end with just, you know, the hunt. So we cleaned those birds and very few things on earth are better field to table than mallard duck. And to be able to pick out the green heads as easily as we could, because they were finishing so close to us and have mallard duck from the field to the table that day and never hitting a refrigerator or a freezer, as fresh as that gets, that's like five-star quality that you cannot reenact. And we made, so that night we were gonna make a mallard duck stir fry. And it was, <laughs> I'm literally making the stir fry and we were using Napa Valley olive oil and butter together so we could raise the burning temperature of the oil a little bit. Give those, give those mallard strips a real flash fry so that they wouldn't um, cook too much all the way through. The worst thing you can do to fresh waterfowl is overcook it. And I'm cooking and I'm, I've got the rice going and the hoisin sauce and the other sauces we're putting together for this fantastic stir fry in the middle. And the ace pitcher, Walker Bueller, walks through, through the front door of my house and I'm looking at him like, you gotta be kidding me, this is, Fantastic, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, finally we had a day where we delivered on the hunt, now we gotta deliver on the food. And using the provider spices, I think we used the dragon, which has got the Asian flair, there's some ginger in it, and it turned out so fantastic. And there's a smile on every face, and I remember Chase Rice, you know, country music stars in, in the living room, and he's singing with people in front of the fireplace. And I'm thinking to myself, is this even real? And being able to see that on the Fowl Life episodes, uh, to share that with people out there who are waterfowlers, or, or they're, maybe they're cooks, or maybe they're not even waterfowlers, uh, but they find it interesting, is really something that is very difficult to explain. It's a feeling. Uh, much more than it is just some some experience or some hunt. And to have those guys here, uh, and Tim Just came by too, and he, 
he makes lanyards. He makes TJ's lanyards. And Anna V uh, from Anna V Outdoors was, was here with us with her daughter, Tater. And Tater had joined us in the field. And Tim was making her a lanyard, which you'll also see in the show. And he'll, he'll give the explanation of the different drops and how he makes it. And Tater ends up with, you know, her first ever waterfowl lanyard from Tim on the show. And the experience that we had and that my family had and, and the crew of people we have here in Wisconsin when the fowl life rolled into town can't really be explained. Um, it is something that uh, changed the rest of our lives. So now to be able to be a part of it, uh, to be a part of the fowl life, to be the Midwest host and, and to be able to share the stuff with you guys who are listening and the folks who watch the show is something that I cherish. And it's something that it really puts the drive in me to strive to be as good as I can be at it and, and as good of a hunter as I can. Because at the end of the day, when you are sharing, hunting with people, harvesting with people, and as important to me, if not more because of the size of my stomach, the preparation and eating of the provider lifestyle. Um, it fulfills me in a way that is indescribable. And when the Fowl Life family gets together, you realize this isn't just a hunting show. This isn't just a show about whacking stuff. It, it's a show about building relationships and having a better quality life because of field to table hunting. So, you know, having said that, make sure you check out these shows. Uh, they were a joy to be a part of and we hope there's there are many more in the future. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.